Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waltman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. We are live again. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. We have a blockbuster. Yeah, we have a blockbuster uh, guest with us today. And, I, and I'm a little preoccupied, Max, because, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of. I'm in the middle of one of those moments where and we were just talking about it. And, and I got to be, you know, I, I guess I want to be careful, but I also don't. Like when you're sitting on and have some of the biggest information out there and you can't say anything about it because you got to make sure it's real. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Just ask the people. I know, just, I know you were, I know you were uh, preoccupied with something because you hung up on me earlier. I did hang up time. on you earlier. <laughs> I was like, I, I can't even talk. Which wasn't very nice. It wasn't very it wasn't nice. It wasn't very nice. I apologize. I apologize but, uh, on air to you. I got, I got to get the public apologies. Uh, it's all good. You're busy. Uh, things happen. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's crazy times. Crazy times. So our guest today, Seth Holhouse. Yeah, he, man in America. Man in America. Why don't we bring him on and, uh, and start the conversation? Seth, welcome to the all show. Right. Hey, Seth. Hey, gentlemen. You, brother. How you both yeah. doing? You too. Yeah, we. Uh, so, sorry about that. I didn't. I didn't pre-plan this, and I had my laptop out, and it just started ringing on me. You get a little bit of that. So I got to be on your show last week. Live, real show. Yeah, yeah. I. Um, yeah, I we, to, we had a great talk last week. Yeah, it was great to be on the show. Great to spend some time with you. Thank you. Yeah, the uh, the audience loved it too. They they loved the conversation we had. Well, we get to continue it again for another hour, so I'm hoping we can keep you here and, and talk about some of the stuff that's uh, happening with the CCP and the COVID agenda, and it, it seems to be unraveling. What, what, what do you think about what's happening right now? It's, it's fascinating that the mainstream media is doubling down, that the radicals are re- doubling down, and here we are in the middle of this, and more evidence keeps coming out. You know, it's, it's interesting, and so I, I had a long interview earlier today with a guy named Jeff Nyquist who's a published author and expert on geopolitics and communism. And he's been studying communism for probably four decades. And was, I'm just, I'm trying to understand everything happening. Like, why is it that yesterday George Soros comes out and he's speaking really harshly against, you know, Xi Jinping and saying that Xi Jinping's not going to be reelected because his failure to contain COVID in his country and how he's the greatest threat to open societies around the world. And he's even saying that the upcoming Olympic Games are the same as Nazi Germany as a propaganda piece uh, to bolster the nation. So you have that happening, which I'm trying to understand that, but the simultaneously you have the overall COVID narrative collapsing, right? As, as you're seeing, like so many friends and family of mine that I have that at one time were really scared of COVID. They rushed off to get their vaccine, their next vaccine, their booster. They're now saying like, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm done watching the mainstream media. You see CNN's lost 90% of its viewership, its key viewership. 
uh, you know, trust in the news organizations. A recent poll is down 46% this year. And even the recent Gallup poll showed that there's a seven-point swing in people that lean Democrat now leaning Republican. So now they're actually saying from a year ago that there's, there's a, a big difference. So now everyone's leaning more Republican than Democrat, which these polls are always it's even higher skewed than that, anyway. So all these... Exactly. So all these I are think the latest one I saw with 9%. That, did you? Wow. Yeah. So people are just, they're not buying it anymore. The, um, the mainstream media is, they're failing people, but people are seeing through it and they're waking up. Well, we, waking we, up. Uh, Did you see the poll just yesterday? 50% of Democrats want Joe Biden impeached. Sorry, 50% of black <laughs> Democrats want Joe Biden impeached. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's like whoa. Well, it's it's not it, as you know we talk about the impeachment thing, but I think that more and more people are starting to realize that th- this is not a coincidence. You know, we you you had uh, um, someone came out. I, I forget who it was that came out. I think I've repo- yeah okay. So Steve Moore called out the Biden energy policy for being upside down. You know, they just approved the Russian pipeline, but did not approve the Keystone pipeline, which cost us ten thousand jobs, uh, a minimum of ten thousand jobs. And so we, we start looking at what's happening with, with COVID and what they're doing, and more and more Democrats are starting to realize that they, they have been hoodwinked, that they, it's like the Pied Piper. They've been following this person down a path, and now they woke up in the middle of the city, and they're like, I don't recognize this. Where, where am I at? Right? And you can see that because people are moving to different parts of the country. Yeah, it, it's just I think that the, they're losing control, right? And you look at, um, I mean, look at Joe Rogan. You know, I shared recently on Telegram some of the recent the, the uh, statistics for viewership, and Joe Rogan is getting more views or listens per show than almost all the other mainstream media programs combined, right? And so people are hearing you know Peter McCullough or Dr. Robert Malone talking about these things, and it's like the the spell of mass psychosis is breaking, right? The the mass psychosis that we've been uh, has been basically pounded into us through the, the mockingbird media, not just for the past two years either. This has been for, for decades. We've been primed for this event. But I think that Trump getting in in 2016 and, and a handful of other things just threw their entire plan off. And now I think they're, they're just scrambling. They're, they're scrambling, which, I, which is part of the, why, the reason why I think that we're seeing the heightened tension over with Ukraine and Russia and you know NATO and Xi Jinping coming out and backing Putin, it's because it's almost as if their plan of using COVID to scare everybody into this global technocracy and the Great Reset failed, yet they're still moving full steam ahead with it. Some of them are, where I think other people like, you know, Russia, China, et cetera, there's a whole other game that's playing out now. It's so funny with the Joe Rogan bit. I mean, he had Bernie Sanders on his podcast, what was it, a couple of years ago? And there were two peas in a pod. They agreed on everything. It was a nice, the left loved him, right? The minute he says, the minute he starts having some of these COVID vaccine skeptics on, and just saying, well, we don't know. Don't, you, need, you don't know what you don't know. That's basically what their whole bit is. You don't know what you don't know until you have studies that can, that can prove the safety of these drugs. Don't take them. All of a sudden, he's no longer the darling of the Democrat Party anymore. He's no longer Bernie Sanders' best friend. He's a threat to democracy. And you start seeing all these has-been singers coming out saying, well, if you don't take them down, you can't listen to my music on Spotify. And their whole audience, if, if you pull these people's actual audience, they'd say, what's Spotify? 
right? I mean, it, it's just such a weird, exactly. it's such a weird dynamic between the whole thing. And then Spotify caves and starts adding disclaimers. We'll probably get a disclaimer on this podcast on Spotify because we're talking about COVID-19. It's just, it, it's, it's so weird. And you would think that the media would learn from this. I mean, this is something we've seen so often since Trump came in. Rather than learning about, learning from Trump, they demonize him. Rather than learning from podcasters and figuring out, well, what are they doing that's making people watch them, but they won't watch us, right? Instead of learning from them, they want to destroy, destroy, destroy. Big media wants to destroy social media because they see it as a threat. I mean, this is this is kind of par for the course when new technologies emerge, like the record companies killed Napster. So it kind of makes sense, right? But you'd think that they'd, they'd be students of history and they'd understand this isn't going to go well for them. But no, they're clinging to what little legitimacy they have left, if they even have any. And they're trying to take down anyone who is even the slightest bit out of line, even someone like Joe Rogan, who 99.999% of the time agrees with everything they say. He has two guests on talking about COVID-19, and all of a sudden he's an enemy of the state. It's just, it, none of this makes sense, but it's when, when, when you see just how, how crippled they are as organizations – you can understand why they're doing it. So, so I want to I want to point something out, Seth. I want you to answer this. Uh, you know, maybe give you some feedback on this specifically. But uh, you know, you know, everything's falling down around it. But we have a couple massive problems which lead back to accountability. And one of those big problems is your judiciary is so compromised that even if everything falls down around it, they still are going to act as if nothing to see here. So, so how do we solve that? Well, I think that. I mean, there's, there's, it's a giant can of worms. Like, you know, a few questions. Why are they compromised, right? Why are companies like Spotify, Nike, why are they taking massive losses in order to push this woke agenda? Even though they know it. They know the majority of Americans actually have more conservative values. They know that the majority of us just want freedom, faith, family, God, the things that they're trying to take away from us. And so I think from that perspective, it's like, well, who's behind it? Well, I think that the, you know, behind these companies, behind, uh, you know, these politicians, these judges, um, you know, trace them back, you're leading back to, I think in a lot of ways, back to the Chinese Communist Party, right? So it's like, well, say a local judge or even a local politician, the Chinese Communist Party, they are experts, like they have studied our system, our, the way that we govern our country so in depth, that they know that the, yep. the, the, you know, community that the council members of this small, t- um, you know, uh, county are the keys to turning that state this way, right? And they know who all these people are, then they know what their weaknesses are. They invite these people to China. I mean, you can go look, maybe the mayor of your city has been to China. They have these mayoral uh, programs. They bring mayors over, over to China. Sister cities. And they're the kings of, hun- they, yep, they're the kings of honeypotting, um, blackmail. And let's just say that you're a, you're a nice Christian man. You're, you say you're a local mayor of a mid-sized city in rural America. Um, you know, you might be out at a dinner. It's a great dinner. They say they, they have a conversation. They say, look, we're going to need you to push our policies. Here's a check for a million dollars. You turn it away. You say, look, that's not for me. Okay. That night at the hotel room, a knock at the door at midnight, a girl shows up, you know, a prostitute, obviously. You say, you know, look, I'm married. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian man. I'm not going to do it. Shut the door. You wake up the next morning with that girl in your bed right? That's how it works over there. And they've got all their hotels are rigged. So you talk about the judiciary. Um, I, you know, it's like the people that are actively selling out 
America, the people that that refuse to look at the proof of election fraud after you know, November 3rd, 2020, these people, I suspect that a lot of them aren't doing it willingly. They're not doing it because they hate our country. They're not doing it because they hate Donald Trump. I think they're doing it because they have heavy blackmail on them, uh, whether it's you know, involving pedophilia or you know, who knows what. And so, but I think in terms of how to fix it, Joe, which is you know, the question you're getting towards is, I think that even looking back at November 3rd, and a lot of people say, well, you know, the, 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 the politicians are corrupt, right? Yes, of course. The media is corrupt. Yes, of course. But the key is that they were able to control the narrative around the election. Because the thing is, we had the evidence. But the, what stopped that evidence from really reaching and actually having the Supreme Court, I believe, do what's right with that evidence was that the, the, at that point, the, the media, uh, big tech, et cetera, they were still controlling a big part of the narrative. And so the, a large majority of the American population, even people that are watching Fox News, there's a lot of conservatives that, that thought that Biden won fair and square because they only turn on to Fox. You know, and maybe their, their wife is watching CNN, right? So I think that the, to fix these things, we have to, to, to start with the people. And that's why I think all these signs that I'm seeing, the distrust in media turning away from CNN, uh, you know, Truth Social you know, launching uh, at, at the end of Q1 this year, you know, these are all key things that give me confidence that the American people are starting to really seek the truth. And once they know the truth, that's how you fortify an election. That's what I, I believe fundamentally, because then we're going to be able to catch evidence. But if you can't control the narrative, if you don't have a social media platform to spread the evidence of election theft to the people of the country, um, then you're really screwed. But I think that that's what we're breaking. And so that, that does give me a lot of hope as we approach the midterms and as we're getting into situations where we need the judges to stand on the side of the American people. First, the American people have to know what's true, though. Did you see what happened with Reuters this week? Reuters put out um, a whole bit about this study in, I think it was Japan, about with uh, ivermectin. That ivermectin was, uh, was found to be effective in treating COVID-19 in, in the phase yeah, three trial. They put, out, they, they put this out and everyone went and grabbed it, right? And I said, oh my goodness, Reuters says that it's effective. Wow, they're finally admitting it. Reuters, I'm going to see if I can, uh, I can actually pull it up. Reuters then the deleted edited, it, right? edited it, edited it and said, oh, actually, we got it wrong. It was, it was efficacious in labs. It hasn't been proven effective in the phase three yet. And then all the fact checkers went after everyone who shared the Reuters headline, but didn't, didn't go after Reuters. Reuters didn't get deplatformed. Reuters didn't get taken down from search results. I mean, it was a complete setup. They literally they put it out yeah. there, and the minute anyone shares it, all of a sudden they get dinged by the by the fact checkers who are all in bed with Reuters. I mean, they're all they're all together. <laughs> I was I was watching this happen. I saw it. I was like, I'm not going to share that. Uh, this feels like a trap. And sure enough, it was. But yeah, they literally just <laughs> just corrected it within five minutes, and then dinged everyone who dared share it. So, so we, you know, it. It's interesting you bring this up is, you know, I almost feel like it's making our entire society bipolar while they're trying to make us bipolar. And so the, the really crazy people out there look legitimate because they get propped up on this pedestal. And, and we, we start talking about what's happening with, with Soros and the CCP. 
and that that he's that the president's not going to be reelected, but we know that if we just align with what they've what they've done historically with China, that a lot of his money and a lot of the things that have happened for Soros has come through international fundings and and uh, uh, investments through China. So it, it's almost as if we're playing this shell game. I liken this to the big con, small con, right? The small cons of look over here, oh my gosh, there's a rift over there, while really under the table they're passing secret notes of, hey, this is what we're going to do next. Let's make it look like this, and then over here we're going to we're going to so we're turning our attention away from what's really happening. And there there's some serious atrocities happening to Americans. I want to talk about Americans. We have some serious atrocities happening to Americans here, as it relates to what's happening with COVID. And you can't turn away from it. And yet now we're, we're over here talking about this and we, we lose momentum on really talking about what, what needs to be handled here uh, in our country. Um, and so, you know, I don't, know, I don't know what you have to say about that, but the, the fear factor that I feel personally, that, I mean, I feel a, a great amount of fear, not fear for me, but fear that, that we are gonna, we're gonna stop concentrating and focusing on the things most important because we're like, we wanna see a, a schoolyard brawl over here between Soros and the president, which is just, you know, theater. Yeah, and that's why it, 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 I agree completely. And that's why, you know, in my own podcast, I used to cover a lot more of the of the day-to-day politics, right? You know, oh, you know, DeSantis does this and Rand Paul you know, roasts Fauci and all that. And, you know, the more I, I've seen it, it, it just, to me, anything that's, that continues to push that, that left-right divide, it's all the, the, it's all the focus on the schoolyard brawl, right? It's all a kabuki theater. Um, it's it's to get us to not focus on the things that that really matter in our country. Um, you know, things like the political prisoners from January six. The fact that they're they're still sitting in these cells is like it's one thing to say yes to to think from their perspective to have the compassion for the situation they're in. But what does that set the precedent for, right? Like, when is it that they then say, well, those who are speaking out against this, right, that Joe Altman and his podcast, that Seth Holhouse and his podcast, like, that's, that's, this is what happens. You know, communist countries, you know, I've been to China. I spent a lot of time in Hong Kong and, and a fair bit of time in, in China. And the best way to describe, to describe that is in, in mainland China, say in the south in Shenzhen, a big city, it's like you could see someone you know you could see someone walking and you could see a black van pull up but people they they if they jumped out and put a bag over someone's head and threw them in the van everyone around would just kind of look aside and they would say nothing about it right and that's Glad the thing is, is like that's what they're that's yeah well that's what they're doing here is that they're 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 priming us for that they're priming to see okay how many Americans are going to care that their fellow Americans that are you know standing for freedom are sitting in a jail uh, being tortured and uh, being tormented. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I agree. It's, um, you know, fixing 2020, getting, you know, Biden out, uh, you know, figuring out a path to get Trump back in, you know, securing, you know, fortifying our elections so we can take, you know, take back control of the, the House and Senate. All these things are, are really, really important. Um, and otherwise, we're going to end up, I mean, look at Venezuela. Look, it didn't take, it wasn't that much before they, they collapsed into what they are now, where, it takes a wheelbarrow for, full of cash to buy a piece of, uh, you know, buy a chicken. I get what you're saying about the theater with Fauci, right? And I, I, I understand that. But the latest poll I saw said only 31% of Americans trust Anthony Fauci. That 
that number is too high, right? It should be lower. Like fewer people should trust. <laughs> it should be Fauci, thirteen. But yeah. but the only way we get there is if people like Rand Paul are literally catching him in perjury traps live on C-SPAN and sharing it. So I understand that, but most people don't think about politics all day long. Most people don't watch the news all day long. Most people probably can't even find C-SPAN on the, uh, on cable if if you had a gun to their head. They couldn't tell you what channel C-SPAN is. So there's an, I, I understand what you mean, like the, the back and forth, back and forth. Oh, let's just, let's just get ratings based on the, the, the little, the brawls. But there's the other element of it that you have to talk about. You have to take the little clips and, and make them digestible for people and explain it because without that, they're not going to see it. Like, I, I don't think Fauci gets to only 31% approval if it isn't for Rand Paul's over a year's worth of back and forth where you can literally stitch it together like a book where they have a hearing six months after the last hearing. And he's just like, well, let me pick off where we left six months, <laughs> where we left off six months is continue it. We got to pick them apart, right? Because they're counting on no one turning and in, tuning into C-SPAN. They're counting on most people just going to the late show, late night shows with Stephen Colbert and seeing Fauci treat as a hero. And we have to, yeah. we have to push back on that. So it, it, it's cringy a little bit to do the, the, uh, <laughs> the gossipy stuff like, oh, you hear what Rand Paul said, but there's a benefit to it that is undeniable in the numbers. And yeah, I mean, Fauci certainly wishes that it didn't happen. Fauci's not actually coming out of these and saying he did a good job. Exactly. No, it's, it's a very good point. Hey, Seth, t tell us about your time. And I mean, if you can, I mean, you, you know a lot about the CCP. I, I want to hear it. Give us a download and get, give us a down and dirty. I mean, you were in Hong Kong. You got to see probably some of the oppression. How do you feel about communist China? Uh, it's, it's a lot to unpack. Um, I mean, well, I guess it, it's, it's, I'll take a, take a, a step back in time and just share a little bit of how I really started focusing on China. So I, I grew up in um, small town, Christian country home in Ohio and uh, went to liberal arts school. I studied industrial design in Columbus. And in 2000, and while in college in the early 2000s, I met this Chinese guy through a mutual friend. And this guy, one of the nicest guys I've ever met, young, you know, young man, he was going, he had, he was on a full ride scholarship for like a PhD in mechanical engineering or some sort of engineering, like a very smart guy. It was top of his class in China. And, you know, I'm talking to him and there's this kind of sadness to him. I couldn't really put a, you know, put, you know, put a, a finger on. And I said, what happened? What, what's, what's your background? And he goes, well, I spent eight years in prison in China. And he's like, why <laughs> you're like this nice guy and so he was he spent eight years in prison in china so because of his faith right so as you know in china whether it's you know christian underground christians muslims uyghurs um even a lot of the buddhists yeah. um this guy he practices this meditation that was called falun gong and that was his crime and so he spent eight years in prison but it wasn't just eight years in prison he was literally they had wooden crosses they, they would chain him to and shock him with a cattle prod like nonstop uh you know burning searing his skin um he was 
uh, he could walk into Walmart and he could point out the, the things that he was making in a labor camp over there. Uh, the one, probably the worst story is, you know how, you know, we buy those pistachios and they're already cracked, right? Yeah. All grown in California. I love pistachios. So what happens yeah, a lot Don't put of, a bag a of pistachios in front of me. Uh, I'll be- Oh, well, it's real. <laughs> when I, tell you, real. When I tell Jake you this, I've, I've seen this man eat more pistachios <laughs> than anyone else. Well, Dude, I can't get enough. Gonna... It's like crack. You're like, <laughs> and, and you know how sometimes you get a pistachio that you can't actually crack open. Oh, I'll nope, crack not it. this guy. This guy. This guy will figure <laughs> out a way. He, he's, he's busting his molars on it. Well, I, yeah, I, I'll yeah. apologize in advance for my story about pistachios, but. Um, <laughs> What companies in America were shipping pistachios to China, and this guy named William, for 18 hours a day, was cracking pistachios in a labor camp uh, with his other prisoners. They had a piss bucket in the corner, and sometimes he'd say that if the pistachios are too hard to crack, they had to crack them. They'd soak them in the piss bucket before they cracked them. And so, and they're doing this bloodied hand. (laughs) They're doing this for 18 hours a day. And. Yeah, I did not want to hear that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. And uh, tastes like. And so anyway, so they. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Seth. Yeah. No. Sorry. No. So so that was so they ship them back to us, and we get these so in China. They call them happy nuts, right? Because if you hit, it looks like it's a little smile on the nut. Joe, and, you want um, some more happy so, nuts? <laughs> sorry, Joe. I told. I apologize in advance. So anyway, so back to you know kind of communist China. This was my, I, I, I could not comprehend like how I grew up. That kind of evil didn't exist in the world. Someone being like tied down and electrocuted or starved or force fed or any you know, these things. And so that really, um, it really stirred me. And there was, I remember this moment earlier on, I said, you know what? Like I have to dedicate my life to fighting against communism. I'm not sure what, like what part of me awoken at that point, but something really deep inside of me was like, I need to just dedicate my, what I'm doing to fighting communism. And so in 2008, I moved to New York to work for the media. There was this, um, at that time, it was a small little media company um, that was only a couple of years old, just getting off the ground that had a, a really hard position on communism. And they, they saw it as their mission to really help expose the atrocities of communism. And so I was, I volunteered for this paper in the early days. It's now, it's the Epoch Times, which I know you guys have probably heard of. Um, so that was the early years. I, I got to really cut my teeth working in the media industry in New York City and really focused on a lot of to do with, with, with communism. And I learned a lot through that, met a lot of people that came out from communist China. Um, I used to spend a lot of time over in Hong Kong, traveling back and forth there, was in Southern China a handful of times. And, um, but just saw, and then as we, it's interesting because at that time in life, I was spending a lot of time talking to people about communism and communist China specifically and saying, look, this is what they're doing. Like, you know, we need to be more aware of what's happening over there. And a lot of people, a large majority of people I talked to, they just brush it off. They'd say, well, that's not my problem. That's, that's China. It's not my problem. Well, it's not your problem until COVID is released upon the world, you know, in conjunction with the, the globalist and, and the cooperation with you know, Fauci and under Obama and, you know, Ralph Barrick and all these different folks. But it's like, if you look at, you know, now most people I talk to, if I mention communist China, like, oh yeah, communist China, like they're, they're bad news. So people see it now. Um, so that's been, you know, one of my main focuses is really 
understanding, you know, the, the Chinese Communist Party, Xi Jinping, what are their goals? What are their aspirations, right? Because they, their goal is to take over the United States. And like, they've been very, very clear about that, actually. Um, you know, farmland is being, being one of the main reasons for that. You know, China cannot feed its own population with its own farmland. They've polluted way too much of it. And America, in a lot of ways, is the breadbasket of the world. Our farmland, we produce so much uh, you know, food and crop here. And so when, when COVID happened, very quickly, it was like, okay, this has to do, this is, this, is, this is China. And if you go back into you know, China's Minister of Defense, I think he gave a speech in 99 or 2000, specifically outlining how the release of a biological weapon would be the best way to bring down America. Right. And so now, now I believe that the, the, go ahead. No. And they, and they did that. They did it. Yeah. And then they said nothing yeah. to see here. Oh yeah. Sorry. I apologize. Keep going. Exactly. Oh no, no. I mean, yeah, the, the, the people's liberation army, the PLA right in China published a 261 page book in 2015 or 2016 around that time, specifically detailing how a coronavirus biological weapon attack on America was the best way to bring America to its knees. Because the thing is, is that they want our farmland. They're not going to come nuke us. They're not going to destroy the farmland. They have to get rid of a good chunk of our population and then come in with the kinetic, kinetic warfare afterwards, which you probably heard there's rumblings of Chinese troops on the, the Mexican border, on the Canadian border, um, on the, the shipping containers off the coast. So it's like now everyone's all of a sudden realizing like made all these deals with China because the, the communists, the thing is that the communists, they're about power. The capitalists are about money. And so, you know, Mao Zedong, you know, he, he said, well, I, I forget the exact quote, but basically that, like the person who, who, who's you know, shoot, pointing to the barrel of the gun is making the rules. I forget the exact quote, but it's like they knew that they could lure us into China because we just want to make more money. They want power, though. And so they've been planning for a really long time as we sold ourselves out to China, uh, sold out our manufacturing base. Eventually, they infiltrate all of our media companies, our schools, or, you know, everything that they could weaken us from within. And I think that we're in a situation now where they're a very, very real threat. And now you've got Russia, Ukraine, you've got Xi coming out and backing Putin. Um, and, and anyway, it's just- And they're having so secret things meetings. Are, like, it's our doorstep, absolutely, yeah. Go ahead, you know, step I'm, I'm in at, real quick. Can I, can I read the ad real quick so we don't- Absolutely. Yeah, this yeah, podcast yeah. sponsored by Air Med Care Network, premier insurance plan to cover you and your household. Should any of you suffer a medical emergency, and need to be airlifted to a hospital. It's not something we all think about. Uh, before I learned about airmate care, I never even thought about it at all, but it, it's expensive and it can happen to anyone, not just people who fall off the side of a mountain, but you can be in the suburbs, you could be in cities and need to be airlifted just because of traffic. And it can bankrupt you and your family. It really can, tens of thousands of dollars to be airlifted to a hospital. Don't let that happen to you. Sign up with Airmate Care Network today. And here's how it works. $85 is gonna get coverage for your entire family, your household for one year. It works out to be less if you're a senior citizen, and it's less per year if you buy three or five years at a time. And when you use the promo code daily, and also use the link in our description, airmakecarenetwork.com forward slash daily, they're going to give you up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card. It's free money. So head on over to airmakecarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to protect your family, get this coverage, and get some free money back. Sorry, had to jump in there, make sure we don't miss our marks. Because we're bringing on more That's advertisers it. now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and we, we're, 
I'm sorry, I, I was I was going off on this tangent because I was reading this about how they've scrubbed the internet of the book and the title of the book, and then they started admonishing people from all over the world, you know, Australia and New Zealand and and the UK, London, and then uh, Canada, and uh, they basically said that it was preposterous that that book said that they were going to release a bioweapon, but on page 36 of the book, it actually says they're going to release this bioweapon uh, on the U.S. They, they called it North America, right? And yeah. it's, it's on page 36. But if you go and you start looking for that book now on the internet, they have successfully, which means, by the way, that Google is complicit in this behavior, that Facebook, all of these guys are complicit in this behavior to scrub the internet of the evidence kind of like what they're doing right now with the election stuff. And I've tried to stay away from the election stuff a little bit with you, just in case you shared parts of this and didn't get yourself in, in trouble with, um, with YouTube. But we have a serious problem in our, on our hands because we have the evidence. Seth. We have the book. It's page 36. It, it literally says that's what they're going to do. And they're going to kill off a, what they call a sizable portion of the population. And, uh, you know, it's, it's scary. It's scary that we're dealing with this right now, but you know, it's real. Like that book is real. Yeah, it's real. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what my, I believe that based upon my own research that within the first year of releasing COVID that they had wanted it to kill upwards of a hundred million Americans, a hundred million Americans, um, roughly one third of our population before they could then move in. We'd have a weakened, a, a crippled medical system. We'd be crippled from that. They could move in, you know, with kinetic warfare and, and seize the country. Now, unfortunately, the virus was, was in a lot of ways made in China. And so it didn't work. And, um, you know, one of the reasons being is <laughs> that- Made in China. <laughs> I, I, just, I just got that. Like, I was like, wait a minute, made in China. So that work. went over his head and hit him in the back of the head. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I heard it. I was still back on pistachios, just so we're clear. I'm having yeah, some serious trying, problems. He's trying to get the, the taste out of his mouth from the pistachio he ate right before air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, if you need to hit the rewind button and come back to that, that was good. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but I think that, uh, again, there's all these signs that, like, to me, that just show, show me that God is in control. And it's like, you know, like, do you think that, I mean, well, if you want to dig into the, the you know, the history of, of communism and, and dig into, into Marxism and, you know, Karl Marx, and Karl Marx, you know, he, he literally, in one of his poems, talks about striking a deal with the devil to wage a war on God and to, to, to um, basically to, to stab his blood black dagger into the soul of mankind, you know, through communism. And so, it's you know it, it's all this is it is a is a battle of good and evil and the what well, looks like sometimes you can look at it and think gosh well they've been doing this for over a hundred years and it's actually a hundred years is the tip of the iceberg in terms of how long there's been a plan to enslave mankind but even this this big plan of you know one of the most powerful armies on earth it's like you know man proposes God disposes they they weren't able to carry it out and so um, but yeah if if you look at so much of this it goes straight back to China. And there was a book that recently came out as an author named Michael Sanger, who I interviewed a few weeks back. And it was called Snake Oil, How I think it's Snake Oil, How Xi Jinping 
shut down the world. And he basically, and this is some of the research I've been doing independently as well, and I found his book and it was like it validated everything and added a lot more to it. But the, a big part of, of COVID was about the lockdowns. And even if you look into it, do you remember in Wuhan in the, when, when the virus first broke out, you saw these videos of people falling over, dying in the streets. Yeah. And like, I remember thinking like, holy smokes, this is like end of days, you know, body bags lying in the streets type thing. Yeah. Zombie. The majority of what we saw, yeah, the majority of what we saw was a psyop. The majority of what was coming out, even the fake, the whistleblowers that disappeared in China, they were all a psyop to get the Western, to get the entire world so scared of COVID, but also to make it look so bad in Wuhan that they could then say that how did we how did we solve it? It was through lockdowns. So I think after seven days or so of you know, them doing their lockdowns, all of a sudden you have Tedros, head of the World Health Organization, who actually was a, a Ethiopian communist that was put into his position through the help of the Chinese Communist Party. You have him coming out and praising these lockdowns. So basically the, the whole plan is that in addition to you know, the, the COVID and the death that it could, they could cause with it, the spike proteins, et cetera, which they had hoped to be much worse, they're able to use this fear of COVID through the PSYOP of Wuhan to get the whole world frightened of it, which then they could they could use the dissemination. You know, China has significant control over the UN, the World Health Organization, World Economic Forum. Oh, yeah. So they could get these policies of lockdowns, social distancing everywhere to basically cripple the entire world's economy. So what happened? You had COVID hit, the entire world economy starts collapsing, China's going up, right? Their economy is, is, is booming. So if you look back at everything, not everything, but so much of this points back to the Chinese Communist Party. And again, if you look at these, the literature, you look at some of the speeches that were leaked from Xi Jinping privately, um, et cetera, you can see that they really want to be at the top of this. They, they want to have a global communist system that they're in charge of. You know, it, it, it uh, and... I want to preface something. I think it's important that we say this. The Chinese people are amazing people. Yeah. We're not talking about the people being bad. And, and I think that we, we like to equate, you know, leaders, like the, the leaders in the United States. And, and I want to say this because I spent a lot of time in the Middle East and Africa, and I saw our foreign policy not respect the sovereignty of other nations, and millions of people died. So I saw people die. I saw people die because of what we did in the United States. And I could understand why people would think that the United States is evil. But it always came down to, every time they met me, they go, you're just really nice. You're a nice guy. And I'm thinking, well, I'm here to, I'm here to help you. The, the, the words that should never come out of an American's mouth ever on foreign policy, on, on, on anybody else's soil. But I would say, I'm here to help you. And I would actually do good and help them. But I, I would look back in the rearview mirror and see what the U.S. had done to people. The same thing could be said for China. That's why when, yeah. when we talk about you know, where we are as a society and that we, we know that there's this threshold, we, we know. We, we know that there is a threshold where the leaders up here, this elitist group, they're all talking to each other. And they're trying to figure out a way that they can weaponize their own people, their own environment, against the rest of the world. So I want to be really careful that most people in China don't want to live under communist rule. They just don't. Uh, it, it's such an important point. And actually what's interesting is that there's a massive movement called the, it's called the Tuedong movement, which translates basically into the quit the CCP movement, 
where there's been, I think there's been nearing 400 million Chinese that have publicly renounced their membership to the Chinese Communist Party. So, because they, they, they no longer support it because they've been oppressed. They've been um, just, just brutalized from, from their own government, not to mention the history, the you know, cultural revolution, the, the, the great leap forward, all the things that just, you know, I was talking to um, our nanny the other day and explaining to her about how during the, the, the famines in China, that parent, you know, families were trading children so they could eat each other's children. Like it was, it was that heavy. Like it was that terrible in China. They were starved that much that to, to, to stay alive, they were literally trading children. Like the cannibalism was a very big thing in, in China at one point because they were driven to mass starvation through the policies of communism. And so, yeah. And, and you know, there's a, it's a caste system of almost in, in China where you have, you still have a very poor population that produces a lot of these goods and sweatshops and we like to ignore it. And we look at places like, like uh, or companies like Nike and, and Apple and, and, I, and I know that I had a consumering pro- consumption problem on my side. I've curbed that <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, even back to you know, uh, buying a, a 1967 GOAT, you know, GTO. Uh, I'm obviously not gonna drive that every day, but I was like, hey, it's, it's American, <laughs> it's made in America. Um, but but we, have a, we have a consumption problem in our country that promotes that, what we're doing to people in China that are being weaponized and used as slaves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and what's interesting is that you, you would think that, okay, well, a slave, a slave factory is going to be making um, you know, little trinkets that get sold locally. And it's like, no, it's like there's a guy that I knew that could, like that I was telling you about, he could walk through the aisles of Walmart and tell you exactly which products he was making. And it, he wasn't being paid. He was a political prisoner. And that's what people don't realize when people say, you know, if I, like I do everything possible to avoid buying made in China. Um, I especially try to buy local. You know, if anything, I try to support local tradesmen, et cetera. But, uh, you know, th- th- that country was built on the backs of slave labor, slave labor on the backs of their own people. And it happened through you know, Kissinger and, and, you know, all the opening up to China, which was so great for the Western capitalists. But, you know, something interesting um, that the author pointed out in the book about the how Xi Jinping locked, you know, shut down the world, is that he said that Tiananmen Square, Tiananmen Square massacre was a really significant event because the Chinese used that to gauge the moral position of the West. And that basically it was these little events, like these events like that, that tested and showed them where the leaders of the West fell in terms of their morality and, and, how, and whether they would turn against their own people. And so after the Tiananmen Square massacre, which everyone saw very clearly around the world, was a slaughtering of innocent students, thousands of people slaughtered, um, you know, like fish in a barrel. And he said that shortly after that, the West went right back to China with their hands out to make more money. And it was that, it was, uh, you know, the Uyghur camps, the persecution of Falun Gong, the underground Christians being rounded up. It was all these different things that continued to show the leadership of China that the, the, the leaders around the world would choose profit over people, would choose profit over morals. Um, and the ones that wouldn't, they'd find a way to blackmail them. They'd find a way to cut, get, have them in a compromised position where they'd have control over them either way. You know, that's, it's really deep as you start, as you speak about this, it's really deep and I couldn't help it. I got this like feeling that came over me of 
you know, just hope because you talked about the persecuted Christians in China, but it's growing like crazy. Christianity, the, the, the thirst for God is growing. It's like this great revival. And we talk about it as, ah, the great revival. It's not a great revival. But globally, it's a great revival towards this, you know, centering on God all through this pandemic, pandemic. And, and I can't help but come back to the story of, of Jesus, come back to the stories. And, and I, got, I got blasted because I have a book in my office, and I said on one of the podcasts, I said, I have a book of, that is all the teachings of, of Isa al-Masih, Jesus the Messiah, that are in the Quran, right? And somebody said, oh, you have a Quran in your, in your office. I said, no, that's not what I said. I have a book. Mr. Producer, can we send someone to go grab that book for me, please? Uh, we have a book. book. I'm sorry? Bring the book on. Yeah, so bring the book on. It. But it's, it was given to me by someone in a significant position of power, you know, in the Middle East, because I would always talk about Jesus. And so we, 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 we tend to go down this path where we, we, we isolate and say, bad, good, not realizing that us saying bad literally will kill millions of people in that country. If we, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the leaders that ever die in the war. It's us. It's them. Yeah. And so we, we, just, we, we miss every opportunity. I'll show you this book so you guys can see it. See this book? So it's a wooden book, <laughs> and it's all the teachings of Jesus. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's wood bound and it's in uh, Arabic, English, and French inside, and every page has has Jesus on it. I don't know if you guys can see this. Uh, in a in <laughs> a beautifully bound book. book. Yeah, incredible. I mean, I've I've had people walk into my office and say, "I want that book," and I'm like, "Good luck. You're never gonna get that book from me." But it sits in my office as a reminder of the bridges that can be built in the most unlikely place. I call it unlikely alliances. And as people, we have to get to those alliances. As people, not as leaders, because they're compromised, but as people. Yeah, and that's what I think that, you know, again, looking at Marxism, there's a reason why they attack morality. There's a reason why they attack God. There's a reason why during the pandemic, the strip club is open. You can't go to church. church is you can go buy liquor, but you can't go hug grandma, right? They're, they're, they're purposely attacking the things that they're afraid of. Um, but what's interesting is that, like, so I, you know, I love you know, different kind of ways of looking at things. You look at the Eastern approach of the yin and the yang, right? The, the yin-yang, as we're familiar with it. And the, the whole principle is that when something gets pushed to an extreme, it starts to reverse. Like you can only push evil so bad before the good starts to react, and then it pushes back in the same exact force that the evil pushed it. And so I think that that's what we're seeing. Right now we're seeing that the, they attacked God and, and Christ and all these things so much. And it wasn't just in our country, it was around the world, right? Around the world. And, and with the pinnacle of it being as we enter into, into COVID and them saying, okay, now we're going to you know, you know, shut their churches down. Right, um, that now that there, there's something that's awoken in in mankind, and we're pushing back, and we're saying, you know what, like we need to, we need God back in our country, we need God back in our schools, back in our government, back in our 
our families, uh, back into our culture. And that's, and the thing is, because I, I really do believe that fundamentally right now we are experiencing a, a spiritual war, that it's a war of good and evil. And as much as it looks like, you know, we're here on a podcast trying to talk about the truth of these things, and this is our way of fighting the battle, right next to us are angels. And they, they, they're fighting with us. And right next to the people that you see on CNN or MSNBC or Antifa or BLM, there's demons, right? It's like these, these are real things. This is a battle of good and evil, angels and demons, God and Satan is playing out right now. And I think that the more that we can realize that and the more people, people themselves realize that, and I think they feel it. And sometimes I think that, you know, they say there's, there's no atheist in a foxhole, right? Well, I think that sometimes it takes people experiencing really, really bad evil in the world, which people are now experiencing, to, that, to say, you know what, like, I need to bring God back into my life. And so I think that we are seeing a very real revival happen. And it's not just in America, as you say, it's around the world. And to me, that's what gives me hope. Like, I don't care what plans Klaus Schwab has. I don't care what plans the, the CCP has, the, you know, the, the Rockefellers. I, I could care less what their plans are. Because they have to remember, fundamentally, it was Satan who got kicked out of heaven. It wasn't the other way around. So who's in control? Like, ultimately, who's in control, right? Ultimately. I, absolutely right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add something you said about the prisoners. So I want to show you something. I don't know if I got a chance to show this to you. But, uh, you know, we, we've got a bunch of sponsors now. We've done very well. Air Medicare Network's been on our, our sponsor for well over a year. Got a year. And, a year, uh, yeah. you know, we, we were the number one campaign because all of our people signed up for it. It was great. But um, so we've been very careful. We, we probably get approached by 20 or 30 advertisers. And so this one came to us and said, hey, look, we have this sweepstake. We give money to veterans organizations. And I said, OK, we'll say yes if you will. Because they said, oh, we're bipartisan, we're nonpartisan. And I was like, OK, but you have Let's Go Brandon on there. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, because it was a hot seller. Sold a million of those shirts. And I go, okay, well, I have a shirt that I want to put up there, and we're going to donate our our revenue, what revenue we get to the to the political prisoners in D.C. But I was like, I want you to put this shirt up. So they built this shirt. It says "Free Our People." I don't know if you can see this. If you're on the audio version, you can't see yeah. that. And um, so the the company, Max, they, everybody thought you were saying um, uh, intercourse, not. <laughs> well, that's, that's not my fault. That, that's their name. So, so uh, <laughs> Enterforce. Enterforce. E N R. If you go to intercourse.com, it's going to take you somewhere very yeah, different. Yeah, let's not let's not go there. Uh, but E N R F O R C E dot Yeah, Enterforce.com. And the the shirts are you can use two promo codes. One promo code, the first one is CD twenty one. That gives you an extra thousand because this is a sweepstakes. You can win a Ford F four fifty dually with a, a pull behind buggy. It's pretty cool if you go to the site. Um, but the other part is, is that you can use CD10. That's Charlie David 10, uh, CD10, and you get 10% off. So you can just pick and choose. You can't have both, but you can either use promo code CD10 for 10% off or CD21 for an extra um, thousand. I would entries. do CD20. I would do CD20. The shirts are up here since CD we're donating so much. They're, they're 40 bucks. I would rather have a thousand entries to win this truck. Yeah. Than save four the truck is pretty awesome. It's yeah, like, it'd yeah. be like my dream truck, not to mention what it's towing behind. And it. we can I, show I it. See that? Go to my screen. Yeah, I did. Mr. Producer, yeah, it's a pretty cool truck. Anyway, so this is, guys, listen, you're going to buy a t-shirt anyway? I always like to say, uh, 
you know, I bought my own T-shirts, by the way. So I didn't, they're like, oh, we'll send you a bunch of T-shirts. I said, no, you won't. I'll, I'll buy my own T-shirts. Just make sure I get them first. <laughs> but, but that's kind of what we're about. We're kind of about, hey, this is a pretty cool deal. You're going to buy T-shirts anyway. A T-shirt typically costs you 25 bucks. Great. So you spend $15 on a raffle. Buy your, your wife one. By the way, it now is in, it's in wife form too. And they have the sweatshirt. So you can get the sweatshirt that says free our people. We really need to become walking billboards. We have to start talking about and building conversations. And people need to understand that we're paying attention. So this is just a way to do that. Free our people. So you can go to Enterforce, E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E dot com. And uh, yeah. Now it, so, it great, kind of sounded that time like you said it wrong. It's a hard word to pronounce and and not have it sound like intercourse. But E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E dot com. It's, it's Enterforce. It's a good deal. So Just don't use Siri to go there. So yeah, Seth, yeah. So Seth, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drop a bomb on you right now. All right. I'm going to drop a bomb on you because I've been thinking it's been, it's been on my heart a lot. Like we're, we're super successful. You're super successful on your podcast, your voice. Um, I, I want to take a minute and just tell people about your podcast. Or Actually, you can probably t- tell them a bit more about it than I can. But um, you're, on, you're on YouTube. You're on, uh, you're on YouTube. You haven't been kicked off yet. Thank God. <laughs> You're also on Rumble, right? And, and other places. But uh, you have an amazing podcast called Man in America. And I want, people to, I want people to visit your podcast. I, I have been binging on your podcast for the last couple of days. Um, actually, for the last, really? since, we're, since, I was on your, since I was on your show, I've been binging on it. Um, and you also have Rise TV, Rise.tv, which is a platform that gets us away from all the other platforms. That is a private environment um, where you can you can go there and you can become a member. It's it's nine ninety nine a month to to be a member on the platform and support your 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 favorite hosts that are giving you truth. Um, but I I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you here because I've been having conversations with people on how do we build how do we build a platform. How do we how do we come together? Now, the 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 what I mean by that is going to totally throw you off. How do we join forces so that the sum of the parts is greater is greater than the part, or the, the sum of the whole is, is greater than the part? And so I'm I'm uh, you know we we're we've been around eleven years. We do some really great things, but we, I don't even know what you think about that. But you see some of that happening with like Candace going on to, um, uh, you know, a platform and then pulling it in, but not the not the corporation doing that, but us doing that as partner groups, so that we can make sure that the truth gets out and that we can build some unity in that side. What do you what do you think about that idea? Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's really important. I mean, if you look at if you look at the left, and I don't like saying that the left, but you look at the the communists, right? That the the platforms that they own. You know, look, if if you and I had a fair shot, and we we weren't being censored, yeah. right? I, I'd probably have a, I'd probably have a million subscribers on YouTube by now. You know, you would too, right? What we're talking about is what so many people want to hear about. They just can't find us. They may not be going on the Telegram. They 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 might be only going on, onto YouTube and Facebook. Right where you know, I've got fifty thousand followers on Facebook, I'll put a post up. It gets thirty-five uh, likes and two comments. 
it's it's ridiculous. And so I think that I think that we have to find ways of of working together. And so that was that was a big part of the premise for Rise TV uh, was to build a streaming platform that you know similar to a Netflix in terms of its 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 overall um, you know function, right? Uh, but to really build a community around it, and that's what we're working on. You know, we we want to build in. Uh, so at, right now, just a quick description. So Rise TV, we've got live shows on there. We've got uh, you know lots of produced content on there. We've got I think over 800 videos in the video library where we've done deep dives into the history of communism, human trafficking, um, you know, even some of the more controversial topics that you know really get kicked off of YouTube and Facebook. And the idea is though is that it, we're building an environment where people can go. Um, you know, we do a lot of live shows, so the, the live commenting is a big part of it. And um, we, this year, we wanted to start rolling out even social media functions to it, so people can go there and join forums and communities and 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 and, and unite. Because, you know, one thing that we do, for instance, and Joe, you experience this, is that um, all my shows I'll do, you know, an hour or so on Rumble, Facebook, YouTube, etc. Depends on if I'm ta- if I'm interviewing, say, you know, Doctor, you know, Brian Artis. I'm doing it Rumble only, not I'm not doing it Facebook yeah, and, and yeah. YouTube instantly. Um, but we always do a Q&A at the end of the show over on Rise TV because it's much more intimate and people can ask. And people say, Dr. Artis, you know, my, um, my sister got the vaccine and I'm worried we're living together and I'm worried about shedding. What can I do, right? And so, you know, people can ask and interact, but then they can also talk to each other in the comments. So that's part of it, but that's just more about, you know, what Rise is. But, you know, one thing that, I, I, that I'm really trying to do, and right now we're actually working, I've been working the last month almost, you know, morning till night on our 2022, you know, uh, vision and, and plan for the company. It's, and it's really a lot of it. We've been studying the media landscape and looking at how fractured it is and how much big tech has made it so difficult for us to grow. So difficult. Like, you know, right now on YouTube, you know, I've got, a, I've got over a hundred thousand followers. I make about 500 bucks a month from YouTube, right? The, the equivalent person with, with, with a more liberal left-leaning channel would probably be making ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month with over a hundred thousand people subscribed. It's just that's that's what the how heavy the censorship and the shadow banning is. So I think that um, we have to find ways. I think you know one thing obviously is you know me having you on my podcast and vice versa, right? Let, let's cross pollinate. Let's. Yeah, I want I absolutely. want my audience. I know you, right? So and everyone loved that our interview. Actually, my mom, uh, you know, she said I think that was my favorite person you've ever had on a podcast. And you even you even supplanted Mickey Willis, who I think was not just good to look at, but actually <laughs> right. So um, you know, so it's like I. And that's the thing is that what we're trying to do is we're trying to build community because of uh, there, there's the people that we're speaking to, people that go to Clay Clark's events, people that are you know speaking out. They're so disenfranchised, they're so separated, that they're made to feel alone. But it's like I met you, and, and I, I shake your hand, I talk to you every time I see you at these shows. It's like, I want you to come meet my, my friends and my family and vice versa. And that's what we have to do. We have to be building these relationships. And, you know, and our show is a good one because we talked a lot about all the Patriot infighting. And I think we had some very important you know, lessons in how to overcome that because that's just wretched for, for what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, that more ways that, that, we can, that we can come together and work together. It's, you know, and even, you know, say I have a great interview. Say I have Dr. Sherry Tenpenny on and, you know, I, I, I say, you know, you, you have to go on Joe Altman's show. 
right? And vice versa. We have to really be able to help and work together like that because we're up against a behemoth. We're up against yeah. Silicon Valley and, and, you know, all these, these big mockingbird media. So we have to work together. It's so important. And we have to be authentic, right? So I, I authentically love speaking with you. I authentically love talking to you and having this. And, and those friendships, those bonds, you know, I was, ta- I was talking to people, I- I've had friendships for, for 25 years, right? I mean, I've, I've had, and it's not, and, and I have a lot of people, I build a lot of relationships. My phone blows up, I get probably 150 to 200 texts a day. My, my signal's worse. Like, Joe, did you forget about me? I have people that say, did I offend you? I don't know. You, you want to, I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just getting to you like five days later. I'm sorry. I know. Um, I feel like half my text messages are me apologizing for a late response. Yeah. yeah. Or it wakes me up at two o'clock in the morning and I will literally text someone at two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, uh, dude, I'm so sorry. Right. I did not mean to do this. I've been really busy. Here's the stuff that's happening in my life. Um, but if we do that authentically and we start standing together, look, there's nothing we can't accomplish. And, 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 I, and I, I like big, audacious just dreams out there. I, I think big. I, I built my entire data company on big. Like I want to I blow this up, right? Um, and we have to do the same thing. And to combat that, we just have to see it as a stumbling block that the media is doing this to us, the tech's doing it to us. Even if we have to walk door to door and become Jehovah Witnesses, I'm sorry, I'll call it that, Jehovah Witnesses, because they always knock on your door and like, hey, do you have Jesus? And I was like, I love you. I have Jesus, right? <laughs> um, but if we had to do that, it's okay. We should be able to do that. And then as they're stoning you, because they're going to be throwing stones at you. I mean, I, I think they wrote 1,300 articles about me, about how I talked about the, the, the gallows. Like, oh, he wants to hang all of us, anything that opposes him. I'm thinking to myself, I was smiling the entire time too, which is a bad thing for you, but, right? So you, 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 you're going to have them stone you, but we, we tend to not walk together, which means you're walking by yourself, which is really lonely. And then when you do that really lonely stuff, even if you're having success, people around you, they don't get a chance to pretend, protect you, Right. So I just, I think that's what we have to get to. We have to get that place where we're, yeah, going on each other's podcast, but we're really listening to each other and having a little bit more grace for each other because we tend not to have any of that, right? Which drives me a little crazy. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, well, guys, we are out of time. Seth, I want to thank you so much for stopping by. Again, you can of go course. check out... Um, Seth, I, I've been watching it just, just today as soon as I heard you were on, watching some of your videos. Um, Man in America over at YouTube, Rice TV. I don't understand how you're still on YouTube. It's on Rumble, too. It's on um, Rumble, too. Use it on Rumble. Rumble. I mean, do, do you, are you monetized on Rumble? Yeah, I think I've made about $130 on Rumble. Um, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, since, yeah, for, for, don't yeah, spend it all videos. in one place. I know, maybe, maybe I'm doing it, it wrong. I don't know. Are you on Frank's speech? Um, not yet. All right. Well, we can help you yeah, with that. If you want us to things. make some calls, get you on there, we can. Yeah, that'd be great. There. Actually, we get we get thirty dish yeah. thousand people an episode that watch us live on there. So, I mean, it's a great platform. They don't have a ticker though. They're working on it, but they don't have a little ticker that tells you who's on there. Um, but they can give you some back end analytics and tell you how who's watching it and how they're watching it. Oh, well. so so basically, like, is this live right now on Frank's Speech as well? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're live on Frank's speech. Oh. We're live on Cloud Hub. People go to where they can't, where it's not, it doesn't crack because even even uh, Rumble cracks a little bit. It just yeah. freezes up. 
And a yeah. lot of these platforms, you know, the good news is that Rumble just got picked up by, or picked off by, I say, by, by uh, Truth Social, that, that platform. So it, it's now merged under there. So hopefully we see something, some other things get better on that side. And then we're on our website, uh, which we, you know, get five to 7,000 people that watch it every day. And then we have a Twitch and DLive and everything else. And I'd like to, I don't, is Rise just for you or is it for others? Well, we can, we can talk about it actually. So, so as of right now, it's, it's only, we have a few core content creators, but we're opening up, we're in the process of figuring out how to open it up so that we can have more people come on there and even, even build out affiliate programs and that as well. Um, yeah. So we should talk about that because, which we were planning on doing it anyway, because I think it, it, you could be a great fit on there, I think. Absolutely. And I, and I was a tech CEO, so I can help on tech stuff. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're stealing yeah. elections, I know yeah. how to figure all that stuff out. Exactly. No, I, I'd love to talk to you about um, Frank's speech. That would be, that'd be great, actually. Because, uh, yeah, again, that, that's, that's all part of us working together. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, what, you know, quickly, the funny thing is, is that, you know, I have a lot of people that accuse me of being controlled opposition because I'm still on Facebook or and YouTube. <laughs> which of course I don't know how like, you're on YouTube. Every reason. Your videos. We've done the same videos and we got kicked off. So I don't, you have a, you have a, a guardian it's, angel it's on your shoulder great. or something. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that um, even the video, the plot to steal America is still on YouTube. And it's a video that's all about election fraud and, and the CCP. Yeah. And, um, but we put it up the day before YouTube implemented their policy um, saying you can't talk about election fraud. But then after, so that's a video that Trump shared. After Trump shared it, like that evening, they, del they pulled it off of YouTube for community violations. But then at 30 minutes later, it went back up. It's the weirdest no. thing. Like weirdest thing, but yeah, it's still up there. So, well, we we um we have gotten strikes on stuff we did way back in the day, and the more popular that we become, because we're literally doing this, the more they shadow ban us in every place. And I just keep passing. I'm like, okay, well, let's go on D Lab, let's go on this, let's go on that, let's send out emails, let's do text, let's hey, we tell everyone to be advocates, like be an ambassador for truth. So yeah, it's uh you just gotta fight, you just gotta fight through it. Just keep 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 your eyes on the prize and just keep keep speaking truth exactly well well seth thank you so much for stopping by i really did enjoy the conversation have a great a great rest of your evening hey, god bless you sir. Uh, thank you both thank god you both bless. very much i appreciate it so seth is amazing i mean I, i've been watching his videos he has one video that said uh it's the true story behind seth uh whole house it's from a year ago it's a great video <laughs> it's a it's a really great video. It's, it's probably one of my favorite. It's actually only three minutes. I'll try to put it in the some of the comments. But I I like the fact that he is so real. He's so authentic. He stands up. Uh, he, you know, um, he just lets you have it. Just here. This is the this yeah. is the truth. And I don't I don't know how he's survived on YouTube, but I'm glad he has. But they've demonetized him. They're actually picking and choosing yeah. who they want and don't want to 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 get to the finish line. Well, before we end, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this, Joe, you know what started today, right? Yep. Black History Month. Yeah. This is Black uh, History Month. So this is going to be all the mainstream media talks about. I want to get out in front of all that, and I want to honor my favorite African-American in the United States. Mr. Thomas Hull? Put up my screen. No, my favorite African-American, Elon Musk. South African. Okay, so I want to I want to read something if I can. No, it's real. He's South African. It is real. Yeah. So so I am uh, 
I'm a big studier of Martin Luther King, right? Um, and so I, I read a lot of the letters that he wrote out of the Birmingham, Alabama jail. And it gives me, you know, it, it's, it, it, it gives me a little bit more of kind of what is happening. Like what, what is, what is it that really is happening in our country and how long has it been happening? And, and if you, if you look at it, it's been happening for a long time. Like we've been dealing with the issues that are leading up to this collapse of our society, which is, is truly happening. I mean, the, the GDP for 2022 says it's going to have an abrupt stop because the Fed raised rates, Fed raised rates because we have fiat currency. And frankly, they have to slow down. Have they the raised inflation. the rates yet? I thought they were still kicking they're, it down the road. They're kicking it down the road till March, yeah. but the conversation is going to have to come up as far as what they're planning on doing. Yeah. And, if they do it, I think what, what Goldman Sachs is saying is if they do that, we're going to find ourselves in a very, very precarious situation as a country. But it, I, I was reading some of the things that Martin Luther King wrote, and they, they mysteriously are absent from Black History Month. They're absent. They don't, they don't put any of the things that talk about the status quo. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's just it, it it talks about the people that basically the that that don't stand up that don't speak and uh i, I don't know i mean I, I guess i don't want to have any dead air but it uh it, it really is it, it probably hits me a little harder than it does others because um frankly my i saw my family go through it and with with that said I want to talk about this with you guys for a minute, and then we'll, we'll close because we're, we are out of time. Um, today, I get a text message from my sister, and this uh, this guy from <laughs> this this guy that I gave the interview from up in Canada. He oh, yeah. sent a text message to my sister. Saying, "Hey, can can we speak?" And I was like, uh, "And so she sent me a text message saying, hey, do you know this guy?'" And I was like, "No, I don't know that. I don't know that guy." She goes, "Well, this guy's, I guess, looking for looking for me to give him some information about you." And uh, I guess the the issue that I have is that. They first go to you, and they can't find anything about you. So they can't get me for you know uh, being a bad father. They can't get me for being a bad husband. They can't get me for being a bad business guy. They they can't uh, attack me for my character. So now they're going to do is just going to try and pick apart my life and go after my family. And I, as soon as she sent me over the text, I was like, just say I love my brother, and leave it at that. But he, he, he literally is now going after my family. He's like, well, I want to know people that know you. And I was like, well, you didn't ask me that question. If you would asked me for that question, I would have given you people that know me. But, but that's not what he's doing, Max. That's not what the radical left is doing. Now, I gave him a two-hour interview. It should be enough for him to create fodder if he wanted to. I recorded it, so I mean, it's obvious that I had the information related to it. But, but why in the world would they go and try to attack my family, my sister? And I'm sure my brothers and everyone else. Why? Why would you do that? 
So uh-huh. I did. I just warned him that I love my siblings, I love my family, and there's nothing that I wouldn't do for my family. Nothing that I wouldn't do for my family. But I guess doxing me is not enough. The effect that we have on the show is is much more is is much more uh, dangerous, I think, to the radical left because truth just seems to crush them. So they just do everything they can to. You know, just try to fight a chink in the armor. My chink is definitely my family. But that, that chink is not something that I see as a weakness. That's something I see as very strong. But we talked about racism. I did get a chance to text him back and forth, and he's like, well, um, I said, my, if, you, if you talk to my dad, he's liable to try and convert you. <laughs> and uh, so we talked a little about that, and I was like, well, I left that church years ago because of racism. And so it was, at least there was a common thing that he, he thought as he finally came back and relented and says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave your family alone. I said, okay. But racism has been something that's been around for a long time. Black History Month, I'm, I'm not against Black History Month at all. I think, it's, I think it is necessary. I just don't believe in the revisionist history. And I think everyone should have an opportunity based on the character, not the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Well, we are super out of time. Okay, super I'm gonna read out of time. It. You want me to read it? I can read it faster. I right, read it faster. Bye, guys. Right, this podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure you subscribe on all the audio editions. All those links are in the description. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. If you can, go to Apple Podcasts give us a five-star review. We go live Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, so tune in for that. And if you need a little reminder about when we're going live, text the word FREEDOM to 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system. And again, a text update every day telling you what we're talking about and then how, when, and where you can watch. Make sure you follow Joe on Telegram, me on Telegram. That's it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. My name is Joe Oltman. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all step and fight together. <laughs>